Have you ever looked back at the old you and thought, God is something else? It's a trip how God can take our insecurities and the uncertainty of life to fulfill his plans in our lives. Let's talk about the peace that comes with plugging in with Renee. You know why he told me talk to you. All right, y'all. Good day, everyone. Pray your day is off to a great start. We've got one of like the faces of O Gardens, um, the praise team soprano, right? That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that high registry. Uh, Renee Newsom <laughs> with us. Uh, so glad you could stop in today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we're gra- glad. Look, I stumbled all through that. We're honored that you will be here, share some time with us and share a little bit of your story. So jumping right into it, like what part of your history made you the believer you are today? Well, I'll start by saying that um, I grew up from birth to probably like 15, maybe 16. I grew up Baptist. So my mom and my dad, listen, we they took us to church. We went to church every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. We went to we were at Bible study on Wednesday nights. We were at a Sunday night service. Okay. You know, so we were we were deeply rooted in the church. Um and then uh from about I would say 17 to about 23. I stopped going to uh, to the Baptist church and I started going to church with my grandmother and she was raised cogent. Oh, in Christ. Okay. OK. OK. So, yeah, I was um, I was a part of that denomination for a while. And then when I met my husband, he was born and raised Church of Christ. So, yeah, so there's <laughs> that. So we have a, a lot of different denominations going there. But so, yeah, I've been in church my whole life. And. Um, I remember I was baptized at the age of 12. Okay. And I remember we had been, uh, my uh, Bible study teacher had been kind of talking to us about it, um, but I wasn't prepared to do it. So we were in revival one night and my brother, which is two years older than me, I remember whenever they they called, like did altar call or whatever, and he got up mm-hmm. to go, you know, give his life to Christ. Yeah. And- I got up with him, yeah. you know, because I'm like, okay, my brother's going. And like I said, we had been talking about it. So I was like, I got up, went up there with him and, you know, we got baptized. So that was at 12. And, you know, I look back on it now. I didn't know. I mean, I knew, you know, I knew the seriousness of it, but I don't think I appreciated it as much as I, you know, yeah, as much as yeah. I should have. So that was me 12 years old. I got, I gave my life to Christ. Um, but then I remember, um, I think I, around 21, I got rebaptized. I rededicated my life yeah, to Christ, okay. you know, because at that time I felt like I knew um, I could appreciate it more then, you know, I was like, okay, I got it. I can, I can do this, you know? So I was rebaptized at like 21. Um, and yeah. And, and here I am still, yeah. living, I'm still living for Christ. And I mean, it's not easy. You know, especially because you have so many, um, so many pressures, like societal pressures and different, like, you know, different religions and different, all these other things, you know? So, um, yeah. So I appreciate, you know, the relationship that I have with Christ and. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it, it, because, 
you know, when you do get baptized at such an early age, it's hard. Like, you know, you get baptized and you go back to recess and you see that person. And it's like, you know, what does being a Christian at 12 or, or 10 look like? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, it's, and I know I limit that to, uh, you know, that doesn't even get into kind of our call to make disciples and share about, you know, what God's doing in our life. But just right. in a very practical sense. You mentioned societal things that pull for our attention. It can be difficult. So, oh, yes. shout out to you and doing it at 21. Like, again, like, that's pretty dope. Yeah. 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 So, how was it? And this is just a random question based on what you shared, but how is it blending those backgrounds, Baptist to Kojic? Because I look at Baptist as more reserved, mm-hmm. um, you know, still lively, but not Kojic. Kojic is. We going on for it. Level. Yeah, we're going yes. for it. And then Church of Christ with Sean background is, you know, <laughs> completely opposite. So Yeah. So uh of course when I was Baptist, I was younger. So, you know, I was just going to church. Yeah. Just going. Um uh, now whenever I got to uh you know, Kojic, it was a lot of things like I remember uh we had to wear uh skirts, we couldn't wear pants. Mm-hmm. Um and we had to wear like stockings with everything, you know. And I remember one day I told my grandmother, I said, I'm wearing pants to church today. And she was like, you better not wear pants to church. Yeah. Almost like God's going to get you if you wear those pants, uh-huh. you know. So, you know, that was that. Um, and then Church of Christ, I was like, what? It's like, y'all don't use instruments in the church? And they was like, no, you use your voice. I was like, oh, okay. So I went the the first time ever going to uh going to a church, yeah. Church of Christ. And I was like, oh no. I was like, I cannot get with this. I was like, yeah. no, I can't, I can't get with this. But um thankfully there has been a lot of transitions in, in the Church of Christ. Um so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So yeah. yeah. And then I'm here at Oak Gardens and, and and like I said, the transition has been great here. Yeah. And yes, we, we love Oak Gardens and I've grown so much since being here. I've grown so much and I'm so thankful for that. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. So were we, did we have instruments when y'all got here or was no, that? It was okay. Like, yeah. Was yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So y'all been here for the whole transition. That's really cool. Yeah. So we were uh, acapella and then we transitioned We transitioned to uh, one service being acapella, one service being instruments. And now we are yeah, yeah. instruments. No yeah. doubt. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't remember if y'all got here before that or, or after. So cool. Yes. All right. So when did like, when did you know God was working on your behalf? Like you gave your life to Christ and, and all of that. But like, when did you know, when did you feel him kind of working for you? I would say um, it was when I became a mother. Mm-hmm. This was um, at the age, I think I was around 23, 23. This was my, my first pregnancy. Um, I find out that I'm having twins and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, uh, so prior to that, I'm gonna back up just a little bit. I remember, um, I had just finished my, uh, my, some nursing classes. I had graduated nursing school and I, uh, I think I was like six months into like my nursing career. I was working and I remember writing out a plan. I was like, I have like my five year plan. It's like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to work for about six months to eight months. I'm going to save up some money. 
And then I'm going to go back to school and get my bachelor's in nursing. Right. And then I'm going to do some travel nursing. So I had that plan. You know, I had it written out. I had it in my mind. I had my mental plan. I had it yeah, written out. Yeah, yeah. So and that was that. And then 23, I found out I'm pregnant and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like this. Start looking through the plan. Like, where is this on this right, plan? Like, this is not in my plan. So um, that was that was hard because I had this is something that I I thought, you know, I thought this was the plan that I, you know, that was right for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I was like, I can't I was like, I cannot be a mother. I was like, I'm not ready. You know, and then it was like looking back in my past. I'm not going to say that, you know, I didn't have the best mother, but it was a lot of things, you know, that caused me to be like, hold on. I don't have the best example of, you know, what it is to be a mother. You know, I, and like I said, I had some insecurities because um, my mom and my dad, they ended up divorcing when I was freshman in high school. Hmm. So it was a lot of things like I had some insecurities and I a lot of fears. And so I'm like, wait, I cannot be a mother. So um, the uh, the idea of abortion was introduced to me. So I said, I was like, okay, I'll just do it because I don't want to be, I don't want to be a mother. I'm not ready. Yeah. So um, I entertained it. I did, and I called and I made the appointments and everything. Um, but I couldn't go through with it. I just couldn't. Like it was just something just it didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Right. And I know that was probably, you know, it was conviction, you know, and all that. So and I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, so I of course I didn't go through with it. I had the twins and I remember uh, it was two years after that. Um uh, we got married. Me and Sean, we got married. Come on now, yeah, Sean. We yeah, we got married. So yeah, we were uh we definitely did it the, the opposite way of you know how it's supposed to be, Same. but we um we got married, and I can honestly say I didn't have I wasn't walking with God, I wasn't. Um, so I was doing things how I wanted to do or how I thought you know they should be, and I remember like we were like arguing just uh, about like trivial things, you know, and the kids they were like it was too much, you know, it was it was just too much, and I remember it just felt like I hit a wall like. And I hadn't talked to God and I don't even know when the last time I like, you know, acknowledged him. Yeah. You know, and I remember just surrendering, like crying out. Like I said, God, I cannot do this. Yeah. Like I cannot do this. Like I don't I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to be a mother, but I'm here. I need your help. I need you to guide me. And like I said, I hadn't talked to him in a long time, but that was the first thing that I said, God, I need your help. Yeah. yeah. So just after that, I just noticed him, you know, putting people in my life to encourage me and to pour into my life, you know, to let me know that, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy being a wife. It's not easy being a mother. But with God, you can do it. You you know yeah, he, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna um he's gonna give you the things that you need he's gonna give you the people that you need to you know to make sure that you're encouraged to to you know carry out these roles so yeah and I just and and, and it wasn't like oh it's so easy now 
but it was definitely easier. And then I started, you know, getting more into his word, like reading, reading his word and praying and just having some quiet time with him. And I noticed that, you know, I was able to be, you know, patient with my kids. I was yeah. able to be loving to my husband. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's so dope. Like, I feel like um, it takes everyone has their own pace and they get where God wants them to be in a certain season. But to kind of start that journey at 23 is really dope. Um, I feel like I feel like um, people in general, we sleepwalk through life and we won't consciously say, man, I don't involve God, but we really don't involve them like we Mm -hmm. like we should. And um and there's beauty in those angels coming alongside you and helping support you and letting you know you're not alone and like all of those things. Mm-hmm. And and the thing that I really appreciate what, about what you said is simply the calling out to him and telling him what you don't feel like you are. Right. Because mm-hmm. all of us have insecurities and fears and anxieties. Right. Mm-hmm. We mask them. We walk through life with them. But internally they're an anchor so for you to be able to communicate to god like yo this is what i'm feeling so i'm struggling with and then see it show up that's dope that's dope great experience cool so like when you feel god working in your life in that respect and you kind of look back on things what would you tell the younger you first i would say that just know that your past doesn't have to define who you are and it doesn't have to define your future mm-hmm. you yeah. know yeah because i was looking i was looking back and i was like because i kept going back to that well my mom and my dad they divorced so i don't know what it's like to have a healthy marriage yeah, you know? yeah. so um and it was a lot of pain from that you know but it's like whenever you and i didn't notice it at the time but it's like you have to look at pain as a blessing And it's kind of like, ooh, nobody looks at pain as a blessing, (laughs) right? But I feel like if you look at pain as a blessing, it puts you in a position for God to really transform you and, you know, change you. Right. You know? So, um, so that's kind of, kind of where I was with that. Yeah, no, I like that. It's, um, and it's through that, like, he can't transform what we don't acknowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if we act like we're good, we act like we don't have a, have, um, areas where we could use his help he doesn't have the ability to transform our lives in that way because it's like like you said we haven't surrendered you know so that's that's cool yeah that's cool and i think that's a bit i think that's a great lesson to teach the next generation as well um because a lot of times our society does define us as you know whatever we've been through and it can be difficult when we're stuck in that space too Mm -hmm. most definitely yeah so like when you're at your best Mm-hmm. How do you stay there when things are just flowing and going well? Well, I think first you have to you have to acknowledge where you are. You have to acknowledge your emotions. You have to acknowledge your feelings. Like, um, how am I feeling when I'm at my best? Like, I know for me, it's like when I'm at my best, I am eating healthy. I am in the gym, working out. I am having quiet time with God. Um, uh, it's like a root, like a routine. You get up in the morning, you start, you know, start with God. You read your Bible, you have your yeah. devotion, your quiet time. Um, but yeah, so whenever I'm, um, 
just having my my quiet time with God Mm -hmm. um, and really just having some time to myself. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times we get in the root, we just get in the routine. We get, mm-hmm. We're going, we got to do this. The kids got sports, we got to work. You know, it's just you go and go and go all the time. So at some point, you have to have some time to yourself. Of course, you're going to have your quiet time with God, but you got to have some quiet time to yourself too to just really breathe. And um, yeah, so I think that's um, when I'm at my best. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. just acknowledging like how I feel, like how am I feeling? Am I am I happy? Or is what I'm doing giving me anxiety? Or is is it making me more tired and overwhelmed? You know? <laughs> right, so you right. really have no, to acknowledge sure. how you you know how you feel in that moment. For sure. Yeah. Like absolutely. And um I think that that's something that um our ladies, women can do. Um how do I say this? I wish that we had a society where y'all were able to do it more. Cause men, I feel like we can check out like that. Oh. We can be we can be present but not there. Mm-hmm. Like kids have activities and events, but we still like, you know, we'll be so for example, if Danielle's playing in a game, but it's a tournament and we're there for four hours, mm-hmm. I can be present for the hour that she's playing, but the rest of it I'm just there. You know what I mean? Like I'm 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 working or I'm doing something else, but I feel like women, specifically mothers and motherly figures, mm-hmm. like you guys don't have that place to escape and kind of be away because you have so many different responsibilities. So. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's good that you said that because I remember just a little while ago, I was reading a devotion on uh, self-care and it was pretty much saying that what we think about as self-care is like, uh, like going to get your nails done or going shopping, things like that. That self, that type of self care, I mean, it's good, but it's really not. Um, it's really not fulfilling us, yeah. You know, in a way that that we should be fulfilled. You know, so it was talking about how really plugging into God hmm. that is the best form of self care, and I was like, you know what that that is that is correct because it's like whenever I, whenever I'm like consistent at. You know, getting up at like five o'clock in the morning, starting off in my word and have my quiet time like it's so fulfilling. And it just like it gives you a peace, yeah. you know, it gives you peace versus like if I'm going to get my nails done, I'm going shopping, I'm doing all these things. By the time I get home, I'm tired. Yeah. So how like that's not a healthy version of self-care. You know, yeah. so really plugging into really plugging into God and just having that relationship. That's yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, no, for sure. And it probably helps you um, see things a little differently during the day, too. Oh, yeah. It's like if God designs our days the way he does and there's something he wants us to get out of it. If you don't start the day with him, you're not really open to saying, OK, Lord. This ain't the way I wanted it to be, but I trust you. I'm mm-hmm. o- I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So. Yeah, just like today has not gone the way that I would like for it to go, but I did. I started my day. I started my day at 5 a.m. and I was in His Word and I was doing my devotions and I prayed. So, you know, even though it's not going the way that I, you know, would like for it to go, I know that God still is in control and He is going to. I mean, He's going to lay out my day just the way that, you know, he wants it to go. Yeah, 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 yeah no doubt. And here you are, and like dropping gems, like right here. Yep. So cool. So based on your life, what? No, I don't, I don't want to ask that. Let me ask, is there anything else you want to add so far before I ask that last, that last question? 
Well, I guess now uh, when you said that about, you know, how and I, and I feel like it's in the African-American community. It's like you just you don't have conversations about um, about like traumatic things that happen. Just like my parents, they went through a divorce. I was a freshman in high school, you know, and uh, at that and during that time. My dad was overcome by addiction. He was overcome by drug addiction. So, like, that was that was big. But you know what? We did not discuss it. Yeah. It was not discussed. And here I am, ninth grade, you know, in high school. And I'm, like, having all these emotions. You yeah. know, I'm having all of these emotions. And I feel like I don't have anybody to talk to, you know? Yeah. Like, because my mom, because at that time, she, I guess she felt like she just had to pick up. She just had to pick up and keep going. Right. So it was like, yeah, we're not going to have, we're not going to discuss it. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it happened and, you know, and we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep, keep, keep going. Yeah. And yeah. then you show up in like biology class or physics or whatever science class you took and you try to, well, you actually like science because you're a nurse. Yeah. But okay. So I should have picked another class. You got to sit through history class and it's like, I need to talk about my contemporary history. I okay. need to talk about what's happening at home. Yeah. And, you know, being a freshman, like, I think you're spot on. Um, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Cause that's, it's, um, it's counter to God doing his best work in our lives because we we can't even be trusted to communicate what he's done if we want to acknowledge it. Exactly. Yep. And I feel like, you know, the more that you communicate and talk about things, because whether you know it a lot not or not, right. um, a lot of people go through the same thing. Absolutely. It's like a lot of people going through the same thing, but you don't realize like if you talk about it, you may be able to help the next person. They may be able to help you. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. Yeah. Because we, like, we we do, we bind ourselves because we won't talk about it. We won't address it. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to, um, to really, like, surrender, you know, because I was like, my dad left me. Like, he... He's supposed to love me. So, you know, you left me. That means you don't love me. So, of course, I'm feeling like I'm not enough. I'm not loved, you know, and then I have these and that's, you know, making me fearful. So I have all of these insecurities and I'm like, do God love me? Does God love me? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so and, and it, that took me a while to really surrender to him because then I'm thinking, you know, my dad, my dad doesn't love me because he left me. So does God really love me? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, it's sad to, to think like that, but it's the reality. That was the reality at that time. No, absolutely. And I, and I feel like, um, you know, and you didn't say this, um, and you don't have to, like, you don't have to acknowledge it at all. I may be completely off base, but, um, it's like the relationships that we have with our parents spill over into the relationships that we form as adults. Right. So what mm-hmm. does the first few years of marriage look like when I'm sitting here waiting for, you know, <laughs> what time that garage door going to go up mm-hmm. or what time they're going to walk oh, through yeah. that door or, or all of that. And that's, I think that's a, a shout out for us as men as well, because we do have that power to, um, you know, build or destroy our children's futures in mm-hmm. a sense, because there's so many people who get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Like you've moved past it, you moved beyond it, but there are people who are still hostage. And to your point, if we don't communicate it, 
no one moves forward. And if no one moves forward, it's like it's like going to church and covering the same subjects over and over oh, and yeah. over again That's because right. we mm-hmm. haven't moved. Yeah. And then it's too, it's like you gotta you gotta learn to have those conversations because that not only helps you, but then it helps your children, you know, because we want our children to be open, you know. We want them to be open and discuss, you know, be able to have hard conversations with us, you know. Yeah, so yeah. if if we're not putting it out there for them, then you know, that's another generation that's we just it's like generational curses, right? Absolutely. It's just, yeah. So big facts. It just continues to roll over. Mm-hmm. So, so what would you say you would want to pray for that next generation? Then, like based on your experiences, what can we be, you know, asking God for? I would say to know your identity in Christ, like mm. know who you are in Christ. You know, so you have such a great uh, story in history. Like, you know, again, looking back, what can we involve God with on behalf of this next generation? What can we be praying for? I would say the the best thing I could say is just knowing your identity in Christ, knowing who you are in Christ. Um, I just feel like it's so many pressures, like worldly pressures, societal pressures, you know, people like society telling you what you should look like, telling you um, like what you should wear or, you know, if you don't like what you look like, you can change it. You know, it's so many pressures, but it's like if you know who you are in Christ, like that trumps whatever, you know the world has to say or the world has to offer to you, you know? Um, And also just knowing that despite whatever your past, like your past is or any type of traumatic events that happened in your past, that is not you. That does not define you and it doesn't define your future. So, um, so yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's dope. And that's something um, Dr. Green says, um, you know how they say history and his story. He says that our lives are really God's story to tell of us, right? It's mm-hmm. like, how do you take the focus off of like taking ownership of our past experiences, mm-hmm. but really saying, okay, Lord, these are your experiences. Now I'm in the present and, and moving forward. And before, yeah. yeah, I, I like think that's that. dope. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful yeah. prayer, Renee. Cool. Is there anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I'll probably think of something when I get in the car. Ah. Okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll go ahead and close this out in prayer for that then. Uh, look, we love you. Thank you so much for this day, for Renee, for her family. Um, thank you for just all the lived experiences that you've given her and for her allowing her to share with us today so that we can grow and develop. And Lord, just praying that as we go through life and we have all of these experiences, you know, especially those traumatic experiences that we feel um, isolated, insecure, fear about, anxiety. Lord, we're praying that you will, uh, through your Holy Spirit, remind us that we are not those uh, past events, um, that we are your children, that our true identity is found in you, mm-hmm. and praying that you will help us to, you know, not just forget what's taking place, but to understand what it is you would have for us to do with those experiences. Like, how can we show up for one another? Like Renee has shown up for us to speak life into uh, those of us who have 
you know, witness divorce of parents, uh, but also speak life into those of us who have moved and transitioned to a new city, who are raising twins uh, and have newborns, you know, like, like all of the lived experiences and testimonies that you've given her. We thank you for her sharing them with us. And we pray that you will give us confidence, that you give us courage, that you'll give us strength, that your Holy Spirit will rest and rule not only in us, but in the next generation to come that they can roll with the punches and the ebb and flows of life and, and remember that they have victory in your son, Christ Jesus. Lord, we love you and thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.